I'm editing this video right now and it is super, super jumpy. It is so long. It is so boring and it doesn't make much sense. Uh, so um, just to say, don't, don't, don't watch this. This is just my first impressions, um, but it's real and it's boring. So again, don't, ignore this. Watch the next one. Um, okay. Let's set this up. Yep, that looks okay. <sighs> okay, so this Sunday, I'm going to London Chinese Alliance Church, LCAC. I'm speaking from, from, uh, where are you, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah chapter one. Yep, here we go. So this is going to be my first impressions video, 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 looking at Jonah chapter one. So here we go. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Why did I choose this passage? <laughs> it's so long. Um, a, tr a true story, actually, I was thinking of doing the entire book of Jonah, but I thought, don't be too crazy. Let's <laughs> just do one chapter. So uh, I had uh, like a few options from Pastor Brad. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for inviting me this Sunday Sunday. And I think this was the only one I could remember <laughs> to give an answer. So I think I, I, I might have even answered uh, on the way back from work or something, uh, or on the way to work or something. And it's okay, right? This is the only one I can remember, Jonah chapter one. And so now I'm dealing with the repercussions. I didn't know what I was signing up for, but I, actually he just messaged me a few uh, moments ago saying, you know, what's the big theme? And I, th I think it's about running away from God. So let's see if that, that fits, that fits. Running away from God, Jonah chapter one, verse three, but Jonah ran away from the Lord. So, so far, so good. Jonah running away from God and he heads towards Tarshish, verse 3. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. So Joppa is this, this port city. Uh, after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish uh, to flee from the Lord. Um, I think someone told me that Joppa is... Um, well, modern day Jaffa, where you get Jaffa cakes, you know, the orange biscuit slash cakey biscuit thing, you know, with the orange in between. And so it's known for growing um, oranges, Jaffa oranges. But yeah, Jaffa is Jaffa is Jaffa cakes. It's the place where Jonah ran to to get on this boat so he could, f he could flee, he could run away to this city called Tarshish. And if I remember my geography, you know, Tarshish is the opposite direction from um, Nineveh, Nineveh, the great city, Nineveh, verse 2, that God tells him to go to. So essentially, Jonah is going in the opposite direction of God's will. And God says, go here, he goes here. <laughs> and, and that is, I guess, the most obvious way to see when someone is... Uh, running away from God, it, going the opposite direction. So, um, you know, prodigal son kind of picture, you know. So instead of going to church, they go to, what's the opposite of church? I don't know, I used to think of those, um, what do you call this place where you play arcades? Arcade, arcade game place, 
PlayStation places. I don't know if they have them. Everyone has PlayStations at home, but you know, I used to think that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a fair representation. But instead of going to church or playing video games, that kind of thing, or going to a soccer match, where you're doing something that maybe wouldn't please God, that kind of thing. You're doing the direct opposite of what God wants you to do. Instead of preaching and praying and um, speaking to people, the gospel, you're doing your own thing, you're uh, doing something that doesn't please God, you're doing something that takes you far away from God. Um, verse 4, then the Lord sent a great wind. So God did something in response to Jonah's disobedience. He sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Think of like Titanic, <laughs> that scene where, where, is it the ship split into two? So this huge wind threatens to break the, the ship apart. So it's a very strong, violent storm, tsunami kind of situation. Verse five, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. <sighs> help me, help me, help me, I'm gonna die. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. So that's serious, you know, um, that's their uh, livelihood, I guess. You know, imagine, you know, you're, you're being paid to transport these precious things but they are not worried about losing their jobs, they worry about losing your life. So they throw away all these valuable things to lighten the ship so that they're going, um, actually I don't know how it works. I thought you know having a heavier ship, ship would make it more stable, but for some reason, I, I'm not a sailor, I don't know. So apparently throwing the cargo out of the ship, making it lighter, makes it safer, makes it more likely that they won't drown, the ship won't. Um, I guess it makes it more likely they won't crash against rocks, maybe, maybe, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. But Jonah, uh, compared to everyone else who's freaking out, but Jonah, verse, verse, verse five, Jonah went below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So he's really chill. You know, he's not worried about the storm, about losing his life, he's just sleeping. Uh, the captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us and we will not perish. You know, what's wrong with you? How can you sleep in this storm? Uh, I think you are reminded of Jesus. He slept during the storm. So uh, I don't know what the comparison is, but you know, both are in a boat, both are sleeping, both are sleeping during a storm, but Jonah is doing it out of disobedience, you know, uh, and he is, uh, well, the captain is very shocked at him, you know, how can you not uh, join us in prayer? In other words, you know, the non-Christians are, are telling you to pray, but you are sleeping instead of praying. And what's Jonah's response? Um, uh, actually, he doesn't respond yet. Verse 7, then the sailors said to each other, oh, interesting, actually, Jonah doesn't say anything. He, he just continues sleeping. You know, he's being rebuked, he's being shamed by the captain, he just doesn't say anything. And so the sailors say, say to each other, now come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So dice, maybe cast lots. They, they tried to find out through this kind of chance, uh, means of casting lots, uh, throwing dice, that kind of thing to find out which, which person is responsible. So in their minds, there's this concept of sin. 
there's this concept of uh, doing something wrong that causes you to suffer and causes the people around you to suffer. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, they're they're praying, <laughs> they're aware of uh, judgment, they're even aware of sin, these non-Christian sailors. But uh, for some reason, the only person who isn't concerned, who isn't worried, who isn't thinking about God at this moment is Jonah, and a lot falls upon him. Uh, very, very interesting, inter- interesting scenario where the non-Christians are more Christian than the Christian, the only Christian in the boat. Verse 8, so they ask him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. I think the word there might even be evil. Who's causing all this evil for us? And then they start interrogating him a series of questions. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are, are, are you? So something to do with his identity, his background, his occupation. Um, yeah, something to do with this guy named Jonah is causing trouble for everyone else. So they just want to know the reason for this evil that they're experiencing. Verse 9, he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. I think there's a kind of confidence there. He says, I, I, I worship the Lord. And here, the Lord here is God's very name. He's, imagine, uh, I, mean, I, I don't know who, I was, I was looking at this meme about Benedict Cumberpatch. And one day he was walking home uh, from some event and he heard someone say, Benedict, Benedict! And, and, and he just ignored him. He thought he was a fan. But it turned out to be, who's the kid who plays Spider-Man? Um, uh, Tom Tom Holland, <laughs> Tom Holland said, "Hey Benedict, Benedict." Said, "Oh, I didn't know it was you." And and you know, uh, just because someone calls you doesn't mean that they know you. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know who Benedict Cumberpatch is, but I know his name. But here is someone who actually claims that he not only knows God's name, but he actually knows this God personally. You know, the Lord, the God of heaven. He says, "This God created everything." There is a kind of confidence of his relationship with God, God's relationship with the earth, God created everything. He's not just a tribal God, but this God is the one who caused this storm, in other words. You know, he has no doubt whatsoever that the reason why they're in this trouble, this storm, this evil is because God, God is responsible. Verse 10, this terrified them, and he asked, what have you done? What have you done? You know what? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So, uh, second, uh, second repetition of that theme. You know, Jonah running away from God. You know, and somehow, the first running away is just his own personal disobedience. But now, this personal disobedience is causing this kind of a communal suffering. Everyone is suffering because of your. It's a singular decision to run away from God. And so it terrified them. Uh, uh, Verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So it's just getting worse and worse. So they asked him, what should we do to make, what should we do to you? Sorry, what should we do to you to make the sea come down for us? Um, And he said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Throw, you know, kill me. In other words, you know, if you kill me, you will live. Pick me up, throw me, sacrifice me, dump me into the sea, dump me into the ocean, dump me into this storm that's threatening to kill you, and then you'll be okay. 
you know, he replied, and, and you're right, and it will become. Again, there's this kind of like confidence of this connection between his relationship with God, his disobedience, and this judgment. That's, that, 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 that's kind of convicting, I guess. You know, he knows for sure, but maybe even very disobedient, makes it even more stubborn. He knows that he is causing this trouble, and yet he is very bo chap, we would say in Hokkien, you know, he just doesn't care. This is very cold. It's really, really bad, actually, to be so confident of his relationship with God, and yet so callous towards the effect of his disobedience towards other people. And he said, so, so, pick me up, throw me in the sea, you'll be calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. His confidence without contrition. You know, he is, he is, he is, not very responsive, not very repentant, even though he has all this confidence this of his relationship with God. It's, hmm, yeah, I wonder, I wonder, uh, that's kind of scary, right? Sometimes you can know a lot about God, you can be very sure about God's love even and God's power, and yet it can make you indifferent towards those who don't know God. It's kind of scary, yeah. Verse 13, instead, the men did their best to row back to land. Okay. Uh, ah, okay, so they didn't want to kill him. So it says, you kill me, you'll live. But it says, no, we didn't want to do that. So they tried to save him, actually. So they did their best to row back. So they said, no, this is a line we cannot cross. We cannot kill you in order to save ourselves. Instead, we're going to try to save you instead. So they tried to row back to land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Sorry, this is going pretty long. This is a super boring episode. Don't, don't listen to this. Anyway, but all their efforts to save him caused things to become worse. And I'm sure that there's an analogy there. Then they cried out to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you please. So previously they are praying to their own gods, but now they are praying to Jonah's God. O Lord, O Lord, O Lord, three times. You know, speaking God's personal name, asking for His forgiveness, for you know, sacrificing this innocent, innocent man's life in order to save their own. Again, there is, there is a lot of gospel here. You know, recognition of your own sin, recognition of the need for a kind of sacrifice, a kind of replacement who will take your sin in order to give you his life, that kind of thing. And recognize this is what God has done. You know, they recognize that God has placed these events uh, right there for them to respond to in repentance and trust. Verse 15, then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him, to the Lord, to the Lord. They, 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 they feared God even more when they saw the peace that came after the storm. They sacrificed to him, they acknowledged him as God. Verse 17, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So what do we see here? Um, I'll need to do another video to just think through 
like the actual talk and the illustrations. Uh, but for now, um, just reading it through maybe three points, you know, running away, running away, running away. Firstly, running away from God's word. Um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and God gives him this word, this gospel, this instruction. And essentially, Jonah is running away from God's word. Now, before anything else happens, you know, God senses his word and actually our reaction to hearing this or when you go to church, you hear that talk or when you do Bible study, you hear this, 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 this passage. Actually, your response to this is already your response to God. So firstly, you know, our response to God's word is in effect our response to God himself. And sometimes when we close this book, when we ignore this word, that is us running away from God. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, running away from God's judgment. From God's judgment. And what it looks like, you know, running away from God's judgment is not the... <laughs> what's that movie again where the comet comes and destroys the earth? Not Apocalypse Now. Armageddon, Armageddon, you know. And you know, when you, when you hear the news about <laughs> this, this comet coming to destroy the earth, what do you do? Oh, everyone's going crazy. Oh, yeah, you know, help us, help us, that kind of thing. But actually, sometimes running away from God's judgment can look like you just sleeping through that judgment. You ignoring it. You being complacent about it. And sometimes, you know, the, the calmest people are the most unrepentant people. They put off responding to God's judgment. They put off responding to God's word to another day. And so it's a kind of response to judgment that denies that it will happen, that kind of thing. So it's not freaking out, but it's actually coolly and very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not disobedient, you're, you're not, not affected by it. I can't remember the word for me, you can think of it and you can let me know. But you're just indifferent, in, that's the word, you're just indifferent to God's judgment. You know, I die, I don't die, who cares, that kind of thing. And that too is a sign that you're running away from this reality of God's judgment in your lives. So running away from God's word, running away from God's judgment, but finally running away from God's salvation. And where do we see this? In verse 17, again, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. And you know, um, Jonah wanted to die and Jonah didn't care about doing God's will, but still God saved him. Still God gave him this grace that he did not deserve. And the reason why I say he's running away from this is because, um, well, I don't think he wanted to be saved. I think he would rather die than do God's will. But it says a lot about God that he, the people that he saves are the people who maybe don't even, you know, appreciate that salvation in the first instance. Maybe don't respond to it who are like, heart-hearted but such is God's grace and love and favor and you know uh, 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 power that he's able to change even the hardest of hearts and reaches even to the most stubborn of sinners and that's us that's me that's you and that's us when we disobey his word we ignore his judgment such that when salvation comes it comes to us and it changes us from the inside out now with Jonah it doesn't quite happen all the way but you know, uh, with Jesus, with Jesus, Jesus is the true Jonah who speaks God's word, is obedient to it unto death, who takes God's salvation upon himself. 
and who therefore gives this salvation upon us who do not deserve it through the cross, through his own death on the cross. Uh, yeah. yeah, last point needs work, I admit, I admit. Again, this is just first impressions. Uh, well done to you if you made it as far as almost 20 minutes. Yeah, but um, yeah, this Sunday, LCAC, see you very, very soon. Uh, it will be more polished than this. Uh, I know I'm supposed to do a video for you guys just in case I'm not able to make it there. This is not it. This is not it. Please, please don't play this <laughs> to sure they're all false. But yeah, um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to remember your grace towards us who are sinful and stubborn before your word. Help us to respond with graciousness and thankfulness, and but also respond with obedience and with our willingness to speak this gospel to others. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Set up and see you on this camera.